I'm sure you have brought your Bible. Thank you. As we begin to study today, please open it up to 1 Corinthians. And we're going to begin our study there in just a moment. While you're turning there, hopefully you had a great time with your family over the holiday season with Thanksgiving this past weekend. When you think about Thanksgiving, one of the biggest things I think about outside of the food, and my mind is still a little bit on the food, but is with football. Thanksgiving, there tends to be a lot more football games. There's games on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And as you probably know or probably don't care, my line I lost. But so did the Cowboys, A&M, and a bunch of other people, all right? Things didn't work out too well for a lot of our teams. But there was one game that got a lot of attention. It got my attention. And it was for all the wrong reasons. It wasn't because the team won. The team actually lost. It was the game between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I don't know if you saw any of the highlights, but towards the end of the game, one of the star wide receivers for Ole Miss scored a touchdown that could have tied the game up. All they needed was an extra point, and that's where everything fell. After he scored, he celebrated in a way that was unbecoming, that was crude in nature, and so he was penalized, and rightfully so. And those 15 yards pushed the kicker back, and he would miss the extra point. What was interesting about that game, and really the, all the things surrounding this game with the wide receiver, was that on the sideline, despite having this penalty, he was celebrating. He had this belt done, and he was basically saying, hey, look at me, I'm pretty much the man I I am the man here, despite his team being penalized and hurt. And there just didn't seem to be a recognition of what he had done. It was all about him. He really had this me kind of mentality. And when I think about that game, and lots of people have said a lot of things about it, and he has apologized to his team. I think he cost his team the game. But he lost a lot, too. He lost a lot of respect as well. But I think his actions are a a snapshot of many people today. Many people today want to be in the spotlight. Many people today want to do and will do selfish things to, to get attention, to gain notoriety, even at the cost of hurting individuals around them. We could say that many people today have this me mentality instead of a we mentality. This man was not thinking about his team. And there are many people in our society who are very selfish in nature. And yet as, a, as Christians, as the people of God, we are called to be different. We know that selfishness is wrong. And we like people who consider others, who are thoughtful and who really have this we mentality, this team kind of mentality. And I think one of the best examples, if not the best example, would be Jesus. In Mark chapter 10, I want to turn there and read this real quickly. I told you to turn over to 1 Corinthians. We'll get there in just a second. Jesus in, in Mark chapter 10 and verse 45 said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. When you think about the ministry of Jesus, Jesus was concerned about doing the will of his Father. He was concerned about being pleasing to him. You know who he was thinking about throughout his ministry? Throughout being on the cross when he died, he was thinking about us. He wasn't thinking about himself. He was thinking about us to the point that he was willing to sacrifice his life. That's the kind of heart. That's the kind of mentality that we must have in the body of Christ. And I like that new song. We are a family. We are part of something very special. In fact, in Philippians chapter 2, I'll read this here to you real quickly here. In Philippians chapter 2, we are reminded that this is the kind of mentality or heart that we are to have. In Philippians chapter 2, 
I want you to notice what Paul said here to the saints. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse number 3. Paul said, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. A a me mentality like that wide receiver, that's not going to work in the body of Christ. We are to regard one another as more important than ourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude. That's the attitude that we need to go after. This we mentality, this we kind of attitude. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Something that will destroy a local church is a spirit of selfishness. And you think about our theme, Arise and Build. We're coming to the end of the year. Can you believe there's only 31 more days left in the year? We've been talking about Arise and Build. And our last few months, we're focusing on increasing in the edification here at West Main. And as we think about this theme, and the theme will end with a calendar year, but it really should be a mindset that we have every day. We should be seeking to build one another up. But having a me kind of mentality will not help us to do that. A we mentality will. And so I want to look at the church in 1 Corinthians, the church in Corinth, because the church in Corinth, we see a couple of things. One, they often struggled with this kind of mentality. They often had this selfish kind of heart where they are often more focused upon themselves. When Paul wanted them and encouraged them, you need to be focused upon one another. I want to talk just for a few minutes on not me, but we. What does a me mentality look like in the church, and what will that produce? I will tell you, my friends, if that's the mindset that we have, it's not going to produce anything good. Because when you go to the book of 1 Corinthians, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we see that many of the saints had this me kind of mindset, that it was all about them. And they they weren't looking at the big picture. And as a result, it created quarrels and divisions. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 10, Paul said, Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. There was to be unity. For I've been informed concerning you, my brethren, by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. Now, I mean this, that each one of you is saying, I am of Paul, and and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Look who I have studied or learned from, and, and look at me. This was the mentality that they had, and as a result, there wasn't unity. There was quarrels among them. That's exactly what will happen when we have this kind of me mentality where the focus is solely upon ourselves and not really thinking about the family of God. This caused uh, quarrels and, and division among them. Not only that, but this kind of mentality will produce sinful choices. Many of the brethren here in Corinth were still fleshly minded. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1, Paul said, And I, brethren, cannot speak to you as spiritual men, but as the men of flesh, as the infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you are not able yet to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly and are you not walking like mere men? 
You see, their mindset wasn't where it needed to be. They were still focusing too much on the lust of the flesh. And as a result of this, sinful choices would occur. One of the biggest examples that we have here is found in chapter 5. We know about the man in chapter 5 and verse number 1 where it says, It is actually reported that there is immorality among you, an immorality of such a kind as does not exist even among the Gentiles that someone has his father's wife. That's pretty bad. You have become arrogant and have not mourned instead so that the one who had done this deed would be removed from your midst. There's a couple of problems there. Number one, this man was only thinking about himself. He failed to realize this ripple effect that would, that would take place upon the people of God. He had this me kind of mentality. And even when you look at the brethren here, what's interesting, they weren't moving to take action to help this brother in Christ. Paul would help them to see you need to take action and you need to move on this brother right now. This kind of me mentality will produce quarrels and division. It will be seen in personal choices, sinful choices, and there is going to be a lack of consideration for one another. This is what we find all throughout this book. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and it can be very easy sometimes to look at the brethren here in Corinth and see or say to ourselves, man, it just seemed like they were getting nothing right. And yet Paul's going to work with them. He's going to help them to change the mindset that they had. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 17, we see this idea of a lack of consideration, even when it came to taking the Lord's Supper. But in giving this instruction, I do not praise you because you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that divisions exist among you, and I, in part, I believe it, and in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you so that those who are approved may become evident among you. Again, there was this mentality of, look at me and look at who I am. Therefore, when you meet together, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Paul's going to have to make a lot of corrections for this congregation here because the heart that they had, the mindset that they had was not going to be conducive was not following after Christ. It was sinful. And it wasn't going to do anything for the better. It wasn't going to create anything good. Talk about edification and building Christians up. That was not going to take place with this kind of mindset. So Paul would remind them the kind of heart that they needed to have. This is what a me mentality will produce. But a we mentality will change everything. This is what the saints in Corinth needed to go after. Number one, when one has this kind of we mentality, it will produce a a spirit of unity. I love the song we just sang. It fits so perfectly with many of the things in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul's going to remind the saints that they are part of a body, which means that they need to work together. They are to be one. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, Paul said, For by one spirit... We were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. Every part of the body matters. And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. He's going to go on and just kind of demonstrate the importance of of every part of the body. And they needed to be reminded that indeed they were to act and behave in this way, that all of them are important, that they needed to work together. What's interesting in verse number 25, 
He said, so that there be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. How is that going to work? Not with a me mentality, but only with a we kind of heart. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. You see the type of heart that they needed to have? When we have this we mentality, it will create and help us to maintain the unity that's already been given to us. And not only that, but this kind of we mentality is going to create and produce love among the disciples. This is what Jesus spoke about time and time again, love and the importance of love. And Paul would talk about the importance of love as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he's going to remind the saints about the importance of love. In verse number 4, love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Yes, this is good for a woman and a man who are getting ready to get married. They need to be reminded of this, but so do we in the body of Christ. Love does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. They needed to love one another. They needed to have this heart of compassion. They needed to to have this we mentality. Love is the greatest thing that will dry up the root of selfishness in one's heart. That's what they needed to go after. When we have this kind of mentality like they did, it changes everything for the better. This is what a we mentality is going to produce, a spirit of unity, a spirit of love among the disciples, and great consideration for one another. I love how back in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul talks about a few of the people that he had baptized. Remember in our Bible reading, we, we saw Paul in Acts chapter 18 in Corinth. Jesus told him to be strong and courageous, not to be silent, keep on speaking. There's many people in the city that needed to be saved. He would stay there for 18 months. Then he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 14, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one would say you were baptized in my name. Now, I did baptize also the house of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized any other. He started talking about the household of Stephanus, and at the end of the book, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16. He's going to mention this household again. I believe this household really teaches us something about this we kind of mentality, where this was a mindset that Stephanus and his family had. My translation, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, it says in verse number 15, now I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanus, that they were the first fruits of Achaia. And listen to this, and that they have devoted themselves for ministry to the saints. King James, I believe, says they had, have addicted themselves for ministry to the saints. That's how focused they were towards one another. That's how much they loved one another. They had this we mentality. It wasn't just one person. It was the household of Stephanus. I think about parents and how we can teach our children the importance of the church and, and that we're a part of something great and the service that we ought to give to one another, building one another up and encouraging one another. This is the mindset that we need to have. And the benefit of the brethren having this mindset in Corinth, it would be amazing. Number one, it would help them to do the will of God. 
You see, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, you go back there quickly, and I only have a couple of minutes left. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, remember the brother who was caught in sin, or not caught in sin, but engaged in this wicked behavior, sinful behavior. Paul told them in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 that they needed to deliver him to Satan. They needed to deliver him for sa- to Satan so that his soul might be saved. In verse number 5, well, that's what they would do. When you read the rest of the story in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, because these Christians loved this brother, they were willing to follow through in the actions of what God wanted them to do. And they needed to continue to have this we mentality and accept this brother back in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 7 or verse 6. He said, sufficient for such a one is this punishment, which was inflicted by the majority. So that on the contrary, you should rather forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, such a one might be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Wherefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. They needed to be reminded of that, and so do we. It can be easy sometimes to go back to that default position of it's all about me and not start thinking more about we. But they followed through, and that's one of the benefits of this we mentality. It's going to help us to do the will of God. This mindset is going to help encourage one another. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, despite the flaws and the difficulties and the the things that just needed to be corrected in this local church, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I want you to notice what Paul says here. In verse number 8, Paul said, For we we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a peril of death, and will deliver us he on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us. Listen to this. You also joining and helping us through your prayers. Think about that. Church in Corinth, they were thinking about Paul and others. They were praying on their behalf so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. That is the kind of mentality that we need to have. This we mentality where we pray for one another, where we assist one another, where we forgive one another, where we think the best of one another, where it will take so much for us to think negatively or badly about one another. We need to have this we mentality. A selfish, prideful mentality will no doubt impact the Lord's church. And that kind of mentality is wicked and it's of the devil and something that God hates. We need to have this we kind of mentality. And when we do, great things will continue. Great things will begin. A dramatic change in our attendance each week. There will be a change that will take place. I understand people have to work and things like that and travel, but sometimes there can be Christians who just willingly stay at home. Well, that's a me kind of mentality. They're not thinking about the rest of the family. We need to have a we mentality and not focus so much on ourselves. It's going to help us even when it comes to evangelism. We're not just going to think, well, I, you know, I just can't do that and I don't have time to do that. We need to have this we mentality that we're all doing this work together. It's going to help eliminate petty arguments. It will give others the benefit of the doubt. It's going to help us to overcome grudges and a lack of forgiveness. We need this kind of mentality. Every church needs this kind of mentality. A we mentality, not me, but we, will ensure that we have continued success. This was the mind of Christ. 
He was thinking about us. And he went to the cross and died for us. And what this means for us is that we're going to have to spend more time with him. We must have the same kind of mindset that, we, that he had. It's not about me, but rather it's about we. The question is, do we really believe that? We sang that song, we are family. Are we family? I sure hope we are. We are because of who we are in Jesus Christ. And we need to take care of one another and live with that mentality. Not me, but we. Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this family. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your love. Thank you for everyone who is here this morning. We recognize, Father, that indeed we are a part of something great. Be with us and help us to have the mind of your son, Jesus. Help us to love one another even more, to forgive even more, and to assist and to pray for one another, to build one another up even more. We're all on a journey together to heaven, and we thank you so much for this opportunity to worship you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Class will begin at 9.50, one here in the auditorium for the adults, standing on the edge of eternity, and one in classroom number one, a study of denominations and classes for all ages in the back.